Adam McGinnis. How you doing? Without a G. <laughs> Without a G. <laughs> it's my whole life. Everyone's like, oh, McGinnis, McGinnis. I'm like, that's not how you say my name, but it's all right. You know, you get a certain point, you're like, there's actually a reason why it's not like that. And it's the changing of where different people were in Scotland, Ireland. So you would add certain letters, and those small things actually you start to realize that you're like, ah, different parts of Scotland. What, so uh, what, what's where are you from? Where did you grow up? I've always wondered about that. It's uh, growing up. I was born in Manhattan, so I was, okay. I was raised like right in the, in the city. city. Yeah, yeah. Jersey City is where I went to school. Um, very, very uh, ethnic. So there was for me, it was always growing up with lots of different colors and smells and people mm, and mm. cultures and and um, my heritage is mixed with. It's like Ashkenazi Jewish, and then mm. there's um, like Ghana and. Uh, West Africa and then um, Scottish. There's like all these, r- like really. When I go back, there's like Chinese in there. It's like all kinds so of. Got the stuff. whole whole world. Yeah, so in there. it's really interesting because especially growing up in a place like New York. Yeah. And looking back on how normal it would be like to like leave school and like take your skateboard and go get a slice of pizza. And yeah. But then in that, you're also doing death defying. You know, you're dodging the cars right. and the 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 shady people who are the pickpocketers and that's normal you know and then you go to a place where i went to high school it was in a place called jackson which was like great adventure mm. that, that's great adventure was actually in the town so the the biggest risk in that town was when lions got out you would get a there would be a call and it would say on the news like watch out jaguars on the loose you know lions on the loose because they would get out of the fences from the safari and that was that was like the major thing people would talk about was watch out for animals on the loose right so it was a different way of growing up because there was no hold, hold on. cultures. You're talking about in the city? No, no. The when I moved to this place called Jackson. Jackson. Jackson, New Jersey. Went to high school at. Okay. And the, the big thing there was Great Adventure, the roller coasters. And they oh, had a safari. They had a safari. Safari there. So the only and kind jaguars of, would <laughs> escape out of the <laughs> safari. Wow. Yeah. So the only actual like, you know, when I'm thinking about all the things that I dodge in New York. When you go to that kind of town, it was like, there was some racism, Wait, what? but it was really like, they watch out for the Jaguars. <laughs> that wow. That would be out, yeah. Did they ever kill anybody or I, catch anybody? No, but there's always like that one teacher who like had animals that he shouldn't have. You know, uh. he had like kangaroos and he was, you know, and you're like, Jaguars would get yeah, and you're like, and you're like <laughs> if I was a Jaguar, I'm going to his house. <laughs> they smell it out and yeah, find, exactly. him, find that kangaroo exactly, and get him. Exactly, the kangaroo meat. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. so... um went there then went to college in orlando uh i got i left school when i was like 17 and i was like you know i'm getting out of jersey Uh. because unfortunately the area that i did live in it was so heavily um prevalent with with drugs Mm. like because people live close enough to the city Mm. where they go get them Mm. and they had the money because they lived in a predominantly very like upper middle class area Mm. my parents did not we were at the end of this dirt road with like chickens in the front yard. And like, it was very, Mm. very, my dad was a farm in Jersey, huh? In Jersey. Yeah. My dad was a farm guy. Like even in New York, my dad, I still remember this other day, he found areas on the highway where he would like know where the turnoffs were and he would build little farms. Mm. So like he would just pull off on the side of the, on the highway and you're like, why are you stopping here? And then he'd have this like route that would go in a little bit above it. And the next, you know, it would have his own lot of farm. He's like, no one's claiming this land. Wow, what, like wh- what years were those? You know, probably like all growing up till about twelve. So, because I went to high school in New York, right? Okay. And we used to go to New Jersey. I don't just remember that much land. I guess free land, out Spe- there. especially going from New York to New Jersey. Okay. Like anywhere you get in that turnpike, yeah, he would just be like, "Oh, no one." Huh. And then th- that was kind of normal. So I okay. growing up like. Being around farm-ish, even when there was no farm there, mm. was kind of just a concept that I thought was average. 
Um, but yeah, when we when we left Jersey, I went to Orlando and lived in the Florida and kind of got away from the drugs. It was, mm. it was looking back on it, like it was really bad in parts of Jersey because mm. people just had so much time on their hands. Mm. They had money, and then the parents would leave and go on vacations. Mm. These kids would just have tons of access. Mm. Um, so it was me going, I need to get out of this. Mm. And so I went to Florida and then kind of discovered music and fell into music in so that you, sense. You, I mean, you loved music, I'm sure, when you were... When you were yeah, but I was bad. But mm -hmm. <laughs> It was one of those things like I wanted to do it because my mom was a singer. Oh, okay. But they told me I was tone deaf. So they said, like, don't sing because you can't. And I was like, okay. And then I was like 18, 19, and I said, well, I kind of like this singing thing. And they were like, don't do it. Just don't do it. Find something else that you like. And I was like, okay. And then my girlfriend at the time in college, and it really was just one of those things, like I was working at a nightclub. She was the girl on the the, the, the box, like the, the go-go dancer, mm. you know, like short shorts and dancing. I was the, the you know, big security guard that mm. was 220 pounds, like just doing security. And she got a $3.6 million record deal with Motown. And it was like, that was the moment where I was like, oh, wow, like, this is a real thing. And she had an amazing voice. Like, still to this day, she's the best female vocalist I've ever worked with in a studio. Um, and so she went from record deal to tours, and I was, like, kind of like a bodyguard in a sense, where she'd go, I feel uncomfortable, can you come with me? And that's how I learned how to songwrite, and then I went, okay, wait. the business. Yeah, and started I started to learn the business, got your foot in the door. I started to see people who were not singers, but they were successful. And I was like, well, he just kind of hums really good. and He has just really good lyrics, Maybe I can get in that way. And that was my intro into understanding that I could try to f search this out a little bit more. Uh, interesting. Mm. Found your way. Yeah. They said you couldn't, and you did. Yeah, I kind of like whenever someone says you can't, I go, uh, I just can't through your perspective. But if I can look at other perspectives, I can probably find an entryway. If I can find the entryway and I have enough will and passion to do it in time, it'll, it'll work out. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, what brought you to L.A.? Um, well, I came to Los Angeles the first time in 2004 because I got a management deal. So we were doing music. This house that I lived in, I mean, looking back on these things, it's kind of crazy because the house I lived in, there was like four people who got signed to major rec record labels. And I was the only person who didn't do music. I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to be in this house that people were getting signed. They were just really talented. So our Friday night parties would be people harmonizing and singing. And they were like, artist on tour with Britney Spears and on tour with NSYNC and mm. just one of those experiences you're like wow does can every is everyone this talented and not mm. knowing mm. how hard it was um so I got signed to a management deal they brought me out here they had me work with all these producers and then we were in a, like a boy band and we were like right at the edge where boy bands were not getting signed and so I was lucky enough to work with like all these amazing people mm. like all these big Grammy award winners right in the beginning still not knowing what I'm doing at all and I learned how to become really a sponge and knowing that I wasn't the most talented one in the room, like knowing I'm the least talented one in the room. So I better be good at knowing what makes that person really good. And so I got, I think I carry that over in a lot of things in my life of going, what makes that person special? Let me figure that thing out instead of all the other things. You know, I can relate to that. Yeah. I just surround myself with like, you know, Alshonda, our friend, Alshonda, yeah, and yeah. all these guys are like just crazy talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hang out with them and. You absorb it. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, I feel like if we were looking at the human race, but let's say we we're scientists like studying us yeah. or like aliens going, what are they doing? You would see that the, the interesting traits about being a human is we are sponges and we can choose to heal 
more than other animals can. Like we can make antibiotics and we can mm-hmm. choose to heal in our things. own body. Yeah, exactly. Right. Naturally. And naturally, like other animals might not know how to do that. It just happens. Like, a, you know, they lose the tail and it just comes back. But they're not like designing the tail. They're not mm. going, hey, I got a medicine I just made to help you with a tail. With intent. Yeah, with that kind of intent. So we are sponges just the way like, you know, like octopus. You know, they see something, they can mimic it. And we have the same kind of ability um, to sponge. So that's why you hear in all these books, like the five people closest to you are mm. who you're going to be most like. Well, yeah, because your mirror neurons are constantly on and they're just pulling things that go, that's best for survival. That's best for survival. Even though if you don't know it's happening. So I always look at things of like, if I was a sponge, where would I want to be? Mm. You know, and now we luckily with the internet and with, you know, the ability to travel, you can be a sponge podcast, right? Yeah. Like I can come here and sponge, mm. you know, you can just put yourself where you want to learn, mm-hmm. where that's never really been an option. You just had to learn what people taught you before. Mm. You know? Yeah. When I was 18, I read a book called think and grow rich. Yeah. Napoleon Hill. Yeah, I think I told you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have all the members of my club reading that right now. Yeah, and I just I just remember you know I didn't have maybe I had some mentors you know but yeah, I would basically just read books you know yeah. those around mentors there. yeah and then you know I read like you know mastermind principles and mm-hmm. so I moved to Brazil uh-huh. <laughs> and that's how I ended up moving to Brazil because I knew what I wanted to be and, and do surround yourself with people you can sponge that's it and, and from that. the source that was really highly distilled right that's what good books are it's someone who took twenty years to figure something out and then in you know a month you can figure out everything that took them all their whole entire life. It's always a trip to me when someone goes, like, I have so many clients. Like, like last year, I think we calculated I did over 500 one-on-one consultations. 500? Yeah, so it was about the one and a half to two a day. It was like, that's the average, right? That's passion. <laughs> passion. You now, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm realizing that too much passion without balance creates stress because mm-hmm. then I overprocess everyone's mm-hmm. what they're going through and trying to help them, right? But um, in that, it'd be very interesting when someone would say, I go, you know, what is it that I can help you do? Right. Usually people start off with I want. Mm. And I start to calculate how many times people say the word want. Mm. Okay. So most consultations they go through the whole thing. I'm just right, every time they say want, I make a check. Like want, 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 want. Mm. Average person says want twenty five times on a phone call with me. Interesting. Because we're being programmed to want more than to balance the the need of what that want has. So someone says, I want to make more money in the music industry. I go, Cool. What does the music industry want from you? turn it on the side like mm-hmm. and the minute you say what does that want from me well now you have your procedures but most people don't do that what so are you going to give back to get what yeah, you want exactly like what does the music industry want what well, the music industry wants someone who has a you know, great voice mm-hmm. and can perform and this is what they want what can, can can you contribute yeah what value do you have to get your wants and once you kind of look at that and you go oh and then i say to you say to someone i go how many books on finance have you read in the mm-hmm. last year you said you want more money mm-hmm. and they'll go well i haven't read any books on finance and i go you know there's people out there like warren buffett you could just read their books yeah <laughs> like like just read their books free and content it's all day long it's all day long so unfortunately it's the whole thing of like you can lead a horse to water right but we lead so many horses to water that night they're taking the water for granted and they're like yeah it'll be there tomorrow and you're like you don't know that it just happens to be there right now i always appreciate your uh your c- cerebral Thought, thought, thought patterns, and, and <laughs> you know when I was when I talked to you, it's always a very good conversation, and you're very yeah, you forward thinking, you know. So I, I, I love that, you know. So I kind of wanted to yeah, hang out with you and <laughs> talk to you about it, you know, because yeah. you're music producer, you know, yeah. but you're always like brain and yeah, yeah. you know just 
you know, surrounding yourself with the right, the thinking of rich, like the quantum, you know, yeah. field and yeah. law of attraction. And Completely. I, I also think like in that, I'm always trying to distill everything to the most simplest form. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people getting confused, at least my clients, because there's so many things going on. They're like, well, what about this? And what about that? And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah, that's why you're getting stressed. That's why you get anxiety. That's why you get depressed. You're actually overthinking mm -hmm. something that probably is like really simple. Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to chop things up to where I can actually just go, okay, this is what it actually is, you know? And if you can't do it on the back of a napkin and write it out, like, for instance, I'll, I'll, this is me saying something and people are going to be like, did he say that? But I think the word love mm. is one of the worst words that we put in our systems mm. because people don't know what it actually means. Mm. But they say it all day long. They'll say, I love that shirt. I love that person. I love that movie. I love that. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. Cool. And I go, what does the word love mean? And they all go, um... And I go, it's interesting that you would say something so many times, but you can't just on the back of a napkin write the answer. If I say, what is a desk? You're like, it's, it's a desk that holds things. It's mm. made of wood. Usually, da, da, da. You know what it is. But I say love, and then there's all these colors. Like, it's almost like saying the color blue. Mm. Color blue has tons of shades. It's royal blue, Caribbean blue, yellow blue. There's so many different sky blue, mm. indigo blue. Mm. People just say blue. So for me, it's like trying to distill something to what it really is mm. and not what I've been told to believe it is based on adults that before me might not have distilled it. They just went along with the pattern, you know, and they're now we're doing the same thing. So I always do a checkpoint of like, is that real? Or has that just been told to us enough times mm -hmm. that now we believe it's real? Right. So the, I guess the question is like, what do you, th yeah, like that is the question, right? Itself. Mm -hmm. Like what is love to you? Yeah. What do you feel? Yeah. Not what somebody else told you it, it is. Yeah. And I, f I feel the, I feel if, if there was a clearer answer, mm. <laughs> That's know? so simple, right? <laughs> yeah. If, if there That's was a so simple, like my answer to it would be this. It would be, well, first it's the word sacrifice. If sacrifice is not in the beginning of it, it's not love. It's just, you like that a lot. So if sacrifice is not in that, at least initial, you know, breakdown, but then also has, it thinks it has like five chemicals. It would have adrenaline, cortisol, you know, dopamine, serotonin, you know, you're going to have all these What's the love hormone? Oxytocin. 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 Yeah, Oxytocin. That. Endorphins. You're going to have all of these chemicals. The amnesia hormone. You forget. You forget. About in, that the love love can make you. Blind. But that's why I say blind. Love is blind. Why? You ever been pissed off at someone? You know how blind adrenaline creates? Yeah. Adrenaline and cortisol create a blindness effect. People are like, oh, I got in the accident. I didn't even remember it. Why? Because you were blinded. They say love is blind, but they're saying it metaphorically, but actually mm. it's physically you're like, you know that person just uh, robbed you, right? Like they stole your money. Yeah, but I still love him. Mm -hmm. You know, he just did that. Yeah, but I still love him because love is blinded. Mm -hmm. And so I think once we understand that, maybe that's not love. Maybe that's just chemicals right now. Right, right. We need to disassociate because love is part of sacrifice. Right. And then I think that would help more clarity with some some things, you know? Maybe yeah. Not. Yeah. I mean, love can make you. Change your change your behaviors, right? To make you, you know, whatever you want to do, make, yeah. become more successful. Sacrifice, do sacrifice, mm -hmm. because you love somebody. Like it can be a, you know, a girl. It can yeah. be a friend. It yeah. can be a group, a team. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember in jujitsu, like you know, you want I want to represent my team exactly, and so I'm ready to die <laughs> to do this. And that kind of commitment too. It's another thing that's in the word love. It's commitment, like the way certain parents or good good parents, I would say, yeah, where they love a child. It's endless. Mm. It's con it's like an ocean. It's constant. When people say they fell out of love, mm. I go, "To what happened?" And the minute they tell me what happened, I'm like, "No, you you removed a chemical. 
So you're not sleeping in the same bed as much anymore. That's mm. oxytocin. Mm. So you remove that chemical. So you fell out of love because your version of love is still not clear. If you had commitment and sacrifice and all that stuff, you would have figured out, put that chemical back in. We got this cocktail back and running. What is this top down approach? I guess, you know, if you want to call it that <laughs> our brain, just like a lot, you have a lot of brain, you study the brain a lot. It seems like, you know, where did, where did that interest uh, begin for you? I think, um, Ever since I was a kid, I always was able to read people mm. um, really well. And I think it's part of the fact that I had so many different nationalities that I never assimilated with one. Mm. So when someone goes, well, they do this and they do this and they do this, I go, no, we're all kind of seeing it wrong. You know, like, because I have family members from all different angles, so I can mm. see everyone's perspective. And so I started to lose perspective over time in a good way and started to just go, there's always, everything that's good is bad. You know, someone's like, guns are bad. And some people are like, guns are good. Some people could say, that's bad. And I'm like, well, that could be good. You know, it just depends on the time, depends right. on the intention. Like, there's all these different things right. that come into it. So for me, I started looking around and going, how come no one's telling us how our brain works? I think this is weird. We're in school. We're learning all these things, but no one's having a class on brain. No one's having a class on what, how we get in these patterns and these triggers and these chemicals. Like, no one's talking about yeah. it. I mean, all these things are like the last five years, right? All these neuroscience. Which is kind of crazy to it's think about crazy. where we'll be in, like, a hundred years. I mean, it, what was it? Was it the singularity thing or that 20, is it 25 years? Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's they're just going to recreate us, make us better. Right. But they're going <laughs> to, okay. Like, all right. So, I mean, I have this thing where, um, I look around and I'll talk to people and say, like, for instance, I'm an, an Uber a lot. Right. So when I lived in LA, I'm like, not going to, cause my car and stuff was in Austin. I sold my car. I was like, I'll go to LA for a little bit. Whenever an Uber, I, I always ask the same question because I just want to see the, the answers. And I'll say, um, so how do you feel about autonomous vehicles? You know, because a lot of people left their job, quote yeah. unquote, because they were like, I want to feel like I have my own freedom, right? But everything that has freedom has a cost. They just don't put that in the word. So I'm like, okay, so how do you feel about this? And they're like, some people are like, ah, it won't affect us. We're good. And I'm like, interesting. And it's, that's kind of a blind thought. Just like taxi cab drivers probably like, Uber will do nothing to us. And now Uber has taken pretty much most taxi yeah. cabs out of business. I mean, some people say they lost 85% of their business mm -hmm. in like one year. Mm -hmm. So when I see someone so confidently go, it won't affect us. And I go, do you realize in Asia right now, they've laid over 400,000 people off because of AI that they have in, and Amazon has AI. They're like, people are using AI. My company has AI. We have mm -hmm. bots that respond to things. Yeah. So when this person's like, it will never affect me. I'm there's a weird delusion Ign and, and pride, and pri yeah, and like <laughs> pride that we have to think that we're gonna know what's gonna happen in the future. Where, for my business, like Napster hit, and no one in the music industry saw it. They they were like, "Yeah, that won't work," and it changed the whole entire business. Mm. The way people made money before is nothing like it was, and so for me, whenever I see something go, okay, that has legs, I'm gonna watch it. When I see AI, and I go, okay. Would I rather hire or would a company, let's say like an In-N-Out Burger, or let's just say, you know, like a, a chain of coffee shop. Would you rather have people there that are going to be late, be pissed off at a, a customer? You've heard all kinds of stories, people pissing cups. And like, yeah. I know people who work those. I'll be like, tell me the worst thing you've ever done. And the things they say, I'm like, you've done that to other human <laughs> beings? Like, or you've seen people do this to other human beings? And they're like, oh yeah, so-and-so pissed in that cup last time. And you're like, okay. If you can remove all of that yeah. and you remove maternity leaves and you right, remove right, all right. kinds of things, right? The amount of money that company is going to make 
is going to be on a whole different level that we've never seen before. Okay, so what happens to that middle class when people are going to college but they can't use the degree and they can't make enough to live? That's where I think America is going to really see a change that they're not accustomed to. Um, because it's once that middle America is gone, it's like it's going to go down to like you know I think some crime. It'll be more it'll get a little shadier. Like there's going to be things that will have to happen. There's going to be some changes happening very changes. shortly, huh? Yeah, yeah, very shortly, very shortly. You know, so whenever I see something like like I said, brain and going, okay, that makes sense. How come no one's seen it? And yeah. I realize that you can be wired to just believe things. Yeah. And it becomes part of your identity. So when people are like, that will never affect us. I'm like, there's a lot of people who, who agree with you. Things are changing big time. Things are always when I, I, changing. I think yeah. about jujitsu and even tack fits, you know? And yeah. Uh, yeah, as long as I have that human connection, I don't think it's going to, as long as there's people around mm -hmm. until we, we become machines, I guess, you know, we stop reproducing. Oh, yeah, I just feel like jujitsu will be around oh, yeah. oh, as yeah, long yeah, as yeah. people around. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, like a machine can't train you. Like, of course. You gotta, you know, of course. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, so I think I'm, I'm good. You know, but, but we definitely have to think about like the world, how it's going to be. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I think about music, for example, I talked to Alishrandra yeah. a lot about, about just things. And I mean, it's, you're kind of going into that quantum, you know, it's like, you know, I think about the matrix and, you know, like Amazing stuff movie. that's good. What's that? Amazing movie. Oh, in general man. Too. I mean, I've read that script a couple of times. Oh, like man. Start to finish. I love that. Script. It's just talk about profits, right? In the 90s, like that was the time, the time, right? Yeah. The best time in the history of you know humanity or yeah. whatever. And uh, and uh, it's kind of seems like it's becoming a reality. But, uh, but uh, you know, like the music and yeah. these kinds of things are kind of forever, it seems like. Yeah, mu music is forever, but it's one it of those seems things like, that you know, people have to separate music from music industry you know like just because something was done doesn't mean it's a business that will work business and, yeah and can be sustainable and I, I love like your youtube and your um your instagram oh, thanks, posts thanks. you know just because you, you talk about those things and it's very smart it's very i think it's all the right things it, it's because it, i always look at information so like what's the narrative like what's the story you've been told because that's pretty much how you'll act in life mm -hmm. you know and if i look at the stories as musicians we've been told the same exact movie over and over like every music every single story about the music industry goes like this it is a, a person whose family is saying that they're not talented mm. like you can't do this you can't do that but they have a friend with a best friend who's like i believe in you right and the best friend goes hey i just found this open mic someone might be there and the mm. person's like no they won't want to hear me like you're smiling because you're like i've, yeah, I've probably seen yeah. it like this right then they go to that thing the person is about to sing so that the artist, the, the let's say the girl's on stage, she's about to sing and she starts to choke up like, oh, is this thing on? And it's like, beep. And everyone turns around. They're like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, sing the song already, sweetheart. It's kind of that whole thing. She goes to sing. And then in the part, she messes up. She has a flashback. In that flashback, it's all the people told her she couldn't. And then she thought, I'm going to do this. And then she went, and I, yeah, and yeah, she sings yeah. the biggest Whitney song, song yeah. ever. She gets off stage. There happens to be a cool guy in a leather jacket who goes, I just heard what you did. I'm going to take it in the studio. I think I can make you famous. She goes in the studio. No one tells you who pays for the studio time. No one tells you who pays for the musicians. No one tells you who pays for the songwriters or producers. It's just all free for you. Mm -hmm. Then after that, you take the demo to the record label. And then the whole rest of the movie is their ups and downs through drug, sex, and then the whole life, right? Yeah. We've seen that movie so often that we all believe it and the scary thing is that once you realize that on um, that stuff is how you should have any kind of career or how you put things together people have a hard time letting go of that yeah, that dream because that that's what they think is a career 
And I go, do you want to have like a roller coaster of drugs and alcohol and random sex and for the, for the till you're 65, 70? Mm. That sounds horrible. Like too much anxiety that would create for me just on a, like a daily basis. And then and that, that nothing even happening, right? With that career. Yeah. And that happens so often where mm. people, and this is what I see more people do. They, unfortunately, because they believe that story, mm. if they don't find these, I call them actors, but like character types that fit what they've seen, they don't think that that person's there. So like they're going, well, I haven't found the manager who will pay for everything for me because that manager doesn't exist. Managers aren't supposed to, aren't supposed to pay for things for you. Oh, well, how come I can't find a booking agent? Well, you know how booking agents work? Um, they have to pay the venue. So mm. the booking agent taking the money out of their own pocket, mm. paying the venue. Mm. So the only acts they can book are the ones that they can make their money back on. So there's this thing that artists want something that actually isn't even there. And that's where the disconnect really comes a lot of times. I'd say. Disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seems, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning so much just on the music industry, how things oh, have changed, right? So in the, la is the last five years. I don't know. It seems I mean, like since Napster, I mean, since 10 years, once 19, years, 1999 years. was the highest. I mean, people were selling, you know, 20 million albums. And, you know, I think Lance Morissette had like 20 million albums. I think Backstreet Boys in total late nineties sold, sold like 54 million albums. And I think albums were like $20 a piece back in the day. Yeah. But here's the thing about music that's so weird, and it's to me it's very odd that we've never kind of, as a society, checked this thing. We use music in everything that we do, mm. right? Like we don't use paintings in everything we do. Mm. We there's certain kinds of art that we don't use in everything. Music we have it in the gym, we have it when we're driving, mm. we have it watching TV shows. Music is part of everything mm. in our life, right? But when we go to pay a musician, people are stealing it. Music is one of the only things that you can walk into a music store. You could be the artist signing autographs, and I can be like, um, I'm not going to buy your CD right now. I'm actually going to download free. Look at that. And mm. you can't do anything to me. Mm. If you got pissed off, I could then sue you. Mm. There's no art forms that I can go, mm. did you paint that? Cool. I'm just going to take it off the thing and walk out. So we've taken something that we know is a part of our lives, and we've decommoditized it, I and guess. That, I mean, that's that's done, word. That's, that does so much for your life to that raise your vibrational, your energy in your, in your body, right? Yeah, so much, your so spirit. much healing in it, too. Yeah. When I was in Costa Rica, I met these amazing healers with music where they had this massage bed mm. and underneath it, it, they play strings that mm. hit different frequencies. Mm. And so it, it releases, like puts you in a theta state and it's mm. like really positive meditation. Different brain waves. Yeah, brain waves. And I went, this is amazing. Like I'm gonna, I wanna help you. So I'm gonna go back and work on a project with them. But I was like, I wanna help you get this out to more people. Mm. Because when you understand what vibration is, which you know Tesla was saying back in the day, it's all about vibration. You understand how energy works. Mm. That's a thousand percent true. And then we're taking this energy that people are making and going, eh, it's only worth 0.0001 penny. Mm. Like on Spotify, you have to sell a million streams and you get $4,000. A million people just listen to what I made and you're only giving me $4,000? Tell me what other art form does that. So we've changed the way we look at it only because we're living in the modern piracy. Like we are modern day pirates and we're not on the sea but the internet is the sea, it's the ocean. You can connect anywhere. So mm. people are like, oh, I'll steal this, I'll steal that, I'll steal this. But as long as I don't get caught, it's okay, even morally. So we've changed our outlook on moral and mm. morals and theft because of that, because of the easy access. So that's the thing about Things music. had to cha change, right, with the streaming services, yeah. like from, because well, people were analogs. downloading uh, Napster, right? So people can just download the music yeah. and they wouldn't have to pay, so at least there's some kind of income, right? When yep. 4,000 downloads or whatever it is. Yeah, like 4,000 streams. Listen, streams, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So like, well, a million streams turns Stream, into $4,000. $4, yeah. So I think it's like, I don't know, 0.001 versus one cent or something like that. But 
the weird thing about it all is that, and uh, musicians are just starting to do this now, where there's there's an act where they're trying to fight against Congress, mm. but it's taken fighting to tell someone else to pay you for what you've done, and in some points where people have stolen. Mm. That's a very weird fight. Because it's like, and, and the scary part is I always tell people, I'm like, why don't we just go on a worldwide strike of no more music? Mm. No one would do it. Because there's always going to be someone who's like, well, everyone's taking a strike, but I won't. I want attention and fame. Mm. You know, um, So it's, it's, it's a hard battle in that. And that's why I love to help musicians understand the industry. I like to work more with uh, at a business company level and then also as an artist. And I really just stick in my lane and, and mm. I, I, because I see what's actually happening on the greater scale, I guess. So, how, you know, okay, there's the streaming services, right? That's where the music kind of goes now, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, people aren't buying albums, CDs <laughs> anymore. Not at all. <laughs> I, I don't. Not at all. <laughs> I got my Apple yeah. Music and my Spotify. When's the last time you listened to an album from front to cover, from back front to back? I mean, back, you know, I was yeah, a kid, yeah, yeah, for sure. So the, pretty much the rest of the world stopped with you. And that's a very interesting thing. Everyone was like, oh, wait, we're all just going to stop around this time point. And when that evolution happened, it's really, it's never really picked back up. We like to say it is, but it's like. The never. Matrix. <laughs> it's the Matrix it's era. It's all again, man. It's all again. <laughs> they were right. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. But, you know, like back in the day, you'd have to be signed by a you know, ma major record yeah, label. Yeah. Now you can kind of just create it in your living room, Completely. right? Completely. I in mean. In your bedroom. In a way. It, it's not even in a way. You were a thousand percent uh, well, correct. I mean, like, it is the way. I would that I, is the way. I yeah. would say that's the way. I mean, we when when we go on um, on trips, like we travel a lot for music. So mm -hmm. we'll be in, we're in Amsterdam, we're in Costa Rica, we're in, you could be in London, Nashville, you know, Austin. You can just grab your laptop and still make competitive music. Like there was one time where I was flying from LA to Austin. I got an email right before I left, and it was like, "Hey, Adam, we're looking for the ending credits of a movie." Uh, can you deliver something? And usually for TV and film, it's a very fast turnaround. Mm. It's like a day or two sometimes. And I was like, all right. So I got on the plane, pulled up my laptop, put on my headsets, made a track. When I landed, mm. my business partner mixed it. We sent it off. It got in the movie. Ever in history could you be on a plane making music for the ending credits of a movie before on a laptop that probably only cost $1,000? You had to usually go into a big studio, right. hire musicians, engineers, producers, so I think there's, we are in the point in time of history where it's, there's more access mm. than ever before. But the thing is about people is that just because there's access doesn't mean people are going to take advantage of it to master something, mm. which I feel is very interesting about the human condition. Mm. Like you can say, what is it that you want? I want to be successful. I want this. I'm going to be a musician. I want to be cool. Do you have a studio at home? No. Why not? Everyone yeah, else. What are you doing like, to make that happen? Yeah, like you can you can do that. You can learn it. And they're like, oh, but if I've learned to take a course, how did you learn everything else you know? Like, did you go to college? You're like, yeah. I'm like, you take courses? They're like, yeah. They want it for free. They don't want to give anything back, right? Yeah, so that's the tricky thing. Like, I want, I but what are you willing to give up for that? Yeah, like even. Or to give back for that. To give back for that. Right, and so someone says the word, I, I feel like I deserve something. And I go, okay, let's look at the word deserve. I'm going to break that, that word in two and say, de and serve, of service. Mm. That's what that word means to me. How many people are you serving right now with your music? If you deserve something, how many people are you serving? Because mm. if everyone said, I love your music, trust me, you'll get paid. Because mm -hmm. money is only the physical representation of energy and the value of it in that you know mm. current place. So mm. like, if you're bringing a lot of energy and if people find it valuable, they'll pay you for it. But if you're not, why are you saying you deserve something just because you practice a lot? 
there's a lot of people who practice. There's like, I think they said 9.4 million songs released a year. 9.4 million? I mean, that's a lot of people practicing. So yeah, man, it gets it gets real interesting. It's, it's crazy. Rabbit hole. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a there's a, is, it, is it from Norway or from Finland? That's what that what's a, what's a, the the Lion King uh, McCoy. What's it? Uh, but he has a the, the old thing back. He had like a mix with um, got the old thing back with. Uh, was that a song? Yeah, it's an old oh. thing. He, it was he. They made a movie on him, like oh, one okay. in a million. It was called. And basically, he was uh, you know he's like a music teacher, and he just happened to make a make a mix. And, uh, you know, he started getting phone calls from these mm -hmm. producers or from these, you know, companies. Mm -hmm. And, hey, he thought he was in trouble, you know, because he, <laughs> he got some samples. samples? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of course, of and course. so he, like, ignored him. And then, but they kept calling. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, right, you better call them back. And they say, hey, we want to we sign you. Mm. We want to sign you. And this so he's he recently. That the, uh, it's like a couple of years old, maybe okay. a year ago. I, what's the name? What's the Lion King, the saying that he always had? Kuna Matata? What's what? Akuna Matata. Matata. I think yeah. it's Matata. I'm not okay, sure. Okay, it was right. something like that. But he's from the you know, he's a uh, um, uh, Norway, Norwegian, but Scandinavian. Okay. okay. And so and then he just started going on a, like a world tour, like tech, you know, kind of. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I think it's pretty did big, something like that. Yeah, I mean. And like sells out, you know, shows all over the world. There, and, there uh, are things like that that will happen. Like, and it was just from from nothing, pretty much. That's the power of the internet too. Yeah, power and so I was like, it was super inspiring. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know if I want this for my life, but he just kind of it was well, from. That he's like, hey, well, <laughs> I got an opportunity. I might as well roll with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's fan different parts of the world. Yeah. and he's like traveling the world. And yeah, he hit the lottery. Like I look at the music industry like this: you buy enough tickets, you hit the lottery. Sometimes people pick up a ticket on the ground and they win too. You know, there's always gonna be like little road town or little big town or what is it? Yeah, it's in small some road. small town of like uh, three thousand people. Oh, I meant like the song. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, but hit that guy. No, that oh, the that guy, guy that got yeah. Oh, it was like he was in a. Speaking of that, you were like, oh, he can be in yeah. some. But he literally was in a town of like three thousand people. They in the movie they uh, yeah, but from a town of three thousand people, it's like in the middle of nowhere, in like the Arctic uh, Circle, pretty much. Yeah. And I just did a. I was a music teacher. I liked music, and I just put something together, and it. Somebody, it's, you owe every every year or two. You're gonna hear a, me. You're gonna hear a story like that, because you're like it's this thing where some people are like. I met this guy recently who who was a famous musician, and we had a uh, we spent I think it was like Thanksgiving together. He was at like the family Thanksgiving, mm. and I was asking him like, "Hey man, you know like, I'm always curious like, how did your career start?" And he's like, "Dude, craziest story. I was doing a demo of cover songs to play in our local area at the bars." We made this cover song demo, mm. and there was two songs that were originals on them. We sent them around to all these people. Mm. I get a call from Capitol Records three months later. Mm. He said, I thought it was a joke. Mm. And I just said, okay, cool. And they're like, we like one of the songs in this demo. And we were like, your voice, can you come in for a meeting? Got signed within a week. This is back in the 90s. But he's been touring now for 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, you're that person. Like, there's always going to be that thing that happens, and it just works out for someone. And then there's gonna be the person who worked for 20 years, like Sia, and right. she didn't get her first number one until she was 41 years old. There's always gonna be both sides of it, you know. Just gotta love what you do and just I mean, that's all maintain we the process, right? All we have real control over is thoughts and actions. So it's like if you love doing that, you want to keep on acting on it. Right. How many appointments did you? How many hours sessions did you do? Did you say 300 or over how many? 500? 500. Yeah. I mean that's passion to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you love you love that, even though you might be tired yeah, yeah, from yeah, five hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, sessions. That's that's uh, that's for real. The thing that I love is not it's not it is the sessions, but the thing that I I love 
is um, seeing a turning point in someone's life. Mm -hmm. That's the part that I love. It's like, if I can understand the way you've been taught, if I can understand the things mm -hmm. that you're really trying to go for in life, yeah. and I can go, okay, there's a peg here that's mm -hmm. holding back this water. Like, and you might not even know that you're the peg. Mm -hmm. So we gotta remove that so that it can flow more. Mm -hmm. Once that happens, when I get the emails and they're like, oh my God, it's, this changed my life, and then mm -hmm. that changed my life, and boom, 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 boom. I go, all right, um, and this is gonna sound completely morbid, but it's me being truthful. When my father passed away, I saw more people come to his funeral than any other thing I've ever seen. Mm. And my father was not a rich man. He was not a politician. Like he had nothing to do with like the society or mm. any anything in this town. Just people thought when they were around him, they felt protected and secure and that he would change their thoughts in the mm. way he was, right? So it's kind of like me repeating that thing but with more, I think, intellect now and more deciphering mm. what it all is and trying to really get in there. Um, he was just being him. <laughs> so what, like, what did he do? Uh, well, when I was like a child, he was retired, but he used to be in the army. Like he was in, okay. he like went on Purple Heart. He was like in uh -huh. Vietnam and stuff like that. Okay. He was in the Korean War. Um, he still had a bullet lodged in his shoulder. You know, all my whole life, I remember when I was a kid, I like rubbed the back of his shoulder. because how, 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 how old were you when he passed away? I was 15. Yeah, and he was 62. So it was one of those, things. it was like heart attack in the middle of the night, you know, you get knock on the door from the police. So seeing all the people that came from all people he touched. Mm. And I thought, well, the reality is that we're all going to die. So when that happens, I'm seeing a lot of people leave Facebook messages like, oh, and that's like the new graveyard is Facebook. And I'm like, when I pass on, I would like as many people as my dad had, because that means I was changing that many lives, if not more. So that's kind of like a more morbid reason that I do it. And I'm really just on the phone trying to find those ways of helping someone. Because when they say, dude, you changed my life, I'm like, we got it. Like, like that's, what that's what I'm here to do. And then hopefully you'll do that to someone else. And then we start it's to change It's in your DNA, action. man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's already locked in there. But and then when you saw that, it was just confirmation. Yeah, yeah. Because I know if, if I can help unlock that for you, now you have the power to do it for someone else. And that's how we actually change things in the world, is giving someone the actual power to free themselves from, I mean, it's like not quoting Bob Marley, but I am like free yourself from mental slavery because yeah. only you can free your mind. Like you have to be open to that. Um, otherwise you keep going the same cycles. Yeah. Totally. A coach teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That's why I do those things in Costa Rica. It's like yeah. getting people together so we can show the more of a mastermind uh, element to people in situations that I wish I had when I was, Someone could tell me, like, dude, when you're 22, you can be surrounded by Grammy Award winners, and all you're going to be doing is learning from them, and they're mm. going to show you everything that they know that took them 20 years to know. I'd be like, sign me up. You know, can I spend a year there? Mm. <laughs> that sounds like how you went to Brazil. Like, yeah. sounds amazing. Let me go. Um, so that's why I try to provide for other people as much as I can. Uh, what an amazing place. Uh, oh, thanks to, for coming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but no, this, when was it? Uh, November. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I got to, you know, they had a couple days, but uh, pff, wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'd love to go back. But my what whole goal, I'm, I leave in two weeks. I go right back. The whole goal for me now is, so kind of we're on the topic of how we know how energy works, right? Is now we also understand how intention works. So a lot of times in songs, we are writing what we see. Mm. So we continue mm. that thought. So if, if we're like, you know, stressed out, you know, I, I need a break, or I'm smoking weed, or I'm sleeping with all these women. Like, mm. if we're repeating that, well, what we're telling everyone is, then you go repeat that too. Because it's just a programmed message mm. with music. Mm. Music is extremely hypnotic. It puts you in a trance-like state. Like, I remember being a kid and looking back on it, like, we were getting very 
bad situations like fights and drugs and all, you know, 15 years old running these streets like I shouldn't be in. But I remember when we got in that car with the tinted ass windows, the first thing that went on was Scarface. You know, the first thing we went on Wu-Tang. You know, it was like the mode to be in, the yeah. mindset. Yeah. It wasn't like, let's listen to some like sweet folk music yeah. while we go do yeah. some bad stuff. It was like, this is how we feel, right? And that feeling creates a power and an energy that's little that's outside of yourself. And then you start to believe that it's part of you. So me knowing that with music, I'm like, all right, how can we intend to, to heal people? How can we intend to connect with people? That's, that's something different. So my whole goal right now is going back to Costa Rica and making a, a live a work live space that is uh, suitable for creatives to where they can come, they can spend you know, a week, they can spend a month or two. And there's always going to be other uh, mentors who are very mm. high level there working, but also a place where they can collaborate on music that's not healing in the sense of like vibrational, you know, 428 or, you know, 532 hertz or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Vibrational and like powerful intentions, but with people who actually have followings. So like when their music goes out, it's not just touching their friends and family, it's touching the world. Like getting two artists that are already known mm -hmm. in the jungle, you know, together to get back to homeostasis, mm -hmm. remove all the stress and traffic's yeah. anxieties, uh, eat from the land, really know what a real pineapple tastes like. Because yeah. sometimes people eat fruit, and I'm like, that's not what it really tastes yeah. like. But you don't know it because you've never had it. Mm. So putting them in an environment like that and then just pressing record and capturing that magic and then blasting that magic out to the world. So I go on two weeks. Uh, we found a beautiful piece of property, found a great person who possibly we're going to collaborate with this. Uh, and next year spending a lot of my time out there to build this thing up what's the town is uh nosada 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 was just put on um wow. forbes list two weeks ago and that's when i was like Man. it's time for me to jump because i've been there for seven years now mm. and each year it gets on buzzfeed it gets on this it mm. gets on that and once it went on the forbes i was like oh prices are going to skyrocket now. Mm. i mean the first thing on top of forbes is, is a header that says billion I'm like, when people start seeing this place, mm. the energy there, mm. the the beautiful people, mm. like, I don't know many places that when you walk around, everyone says, I hope you have a blessed day. But in their words, Pure de Vida is like, I hope you have a great day. I yeah. hope you have, you know, a pure day. That's not happening here. People don't even say hello when you walk past. Yeah. It's when I walk past, I stare at them sometimes. And I was, I was literally saying, have a good day. And they look at me like I'm the weirdest person mm. in the world. Yeah. My dad used to do it all the time. Like my dad walk on the street, I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good day. And I just think it's really interesting when we, we've created a side that's disconnected, but we want to feel connected. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we want to feel connected, but then you see someone in the street and you're like, don't look at me. It doesn't really make sense in that when I look at that Rubik's Cube, you know. Have you read the book Tribe? I've heard about it. Someone did did mention it to me recently, but I haven't read into it yet. It's a good human, one. Yeah, human connection, right? Yeah. yeah. You can live in a city of ten million people, but you know, you disconnect to everybody, yeah. That's that to me is really weird because at least in New York, I remember as a kid, you knew everyone on the street. Mm. Like if some ki other kid was doing something wrong, like you, you, you got back quick, yeah. right? Parents would grab you. My right. dad would be like, "Wait, where are you going? I know mm. what you're doing. I see that look in your eyes, you know." But in in at least in the time I've been in LA, like I have no clue what the names of my neighbors are at all. I mean, yeah, technology, right? That doesn't help, right? The social medias and the, just all the technology. Yeah, and then people say the word friend too loosely. It's like. Like I said, there's certain words that, that give me a thing. I go, I wish we just knew what they really meant. Because like love, heart, and friend. So when someone says my friend, I'm like, uh, do you go to the birthday? Well, no, I let them know birth the birthday on their Facebook. That's what I said. Do mm. you go to their birthday? Mm. Well, no. Do you know their middle name? No. Mm. Have you spent any time with them outside of this city, town, or country? Yeah. No. That's not your friend. That's an yeah. acquaintance. 
Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. And people will say, oh, my friend does this. My friend is, and it's really just for the person to feel more validated in their mm. life. Mm. I have 5,000 friends. So that's a weird thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just kind of that the book just really made me understand better what I do every day. Mm. Jiu-jitsu. Mm. It's a tribe. You know? It's a tribe. Yeah, Completely. it's a tribe. It's a community. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're creating a community. Yeah. In your Costa Rica and like our, our yeah. memberships and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I be- just I that human connection. That, that human connection. We, we went over on the beach. We did some little tack fit that things. That was awesome. That was know, awesome. Tack fit on the beach was one of those moments where you're like, it's so simple. Like, really a simple, simple moment mm. with so much beauty. On sunset. Right? <laughs> like, my mom was there. Yeah. Like, like, my mom, just so we're clear. I brought her to Costa Rica one time. <laughs> so, it was one of the things that I was staying at this mansion, and it was like 20 minutes outside of town. But I wanted her experience Nosada. So, we, we rented a big house. It was cheaper to stay outside. Mm. So, I paid for it for my mom, brought my mom's sister out there, and I got them what seemed to be a cool storage unit like they because they refab them a lot now it's like a cool thing you know mm-hmm. storage unit refab into an apartment type mm-hmm. thing blah blah yeah wasn't good enough for mom <laughs> so she goes and she's like add there's scorpions there's spiders you know i'm waking up <laughs> it was a good thing that the guy who was running the place was like tarzan because she'd wake up and be like but he's cute so I wake up, he's got his abs out, <laughs> he's tanning, you know, <laughs> so, so it helps. And, and, and there's free breakfast, you know, so like that was good. My mom says, she's like, I'm a city girl. I need buildings uh, to know where I'm at. Uh, and so that time she came, she was like, I'm probably not going to go back. So then now that you know, my friend has the Gilded Iguana, it's like the yeah. number one hotel in Costa Rica. I said, all right, mom. Gilded Iguana, yeah. Gilded Iguana, Wow, yeah. I got to stay there again. Yeah. And now or your spot. Your spot. Once you, once yeah, you once I feel that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then now she came back again, and she has a whole other love for it. And I think she, she got a chance to, like, see it where, where you actually feel like it's a kind of a vacation more and yeah. not like you're in the jungle. Mm. I, I like being in the jungle. Mm-hmm. But I understand mom's at a certain place in her life now. She's like, listen, I want to be pampered a little bit. But you were saying, I think we were talking about the tack fit going on the beach. Oh, yeah. Just like those simple things of going, you don't need much. Like here in L.A., mm. for instance, I was talking to someone earlier and they were like, they're like, have you ever been to Equinox? And I was like, no. And they're like, dude, you got to go to Equinox. I go, why do I have to go there? I love when people say, you have to do something. I go, why? And they say, it's got like the best of everything. Best of what? Well, they have machines that do this. I was like, is that machine going to do something differently than if I just did it right now? Mm. It, oh, they have a spa. So is that spa differently if I hopped in the shower? Mm. Like, tell me the things that I'm going to be right. paying this crazy amount for that I can't just do somewhere else. And I was like, I haven't been in the gym in two years. I go to jujitsu. Way better for me than a gym for me, right? Yeah. And it was interesting because they, they, my friend was not saying anything wrong, but she was just so hyped on this Equinox mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, to me, the simplest things yeah. that are effective, that's the beauty of it because it's been distilled. It doesn't need all the fancy things. So to have your mom, like she, she, you know, we were the, we were at the Gilded Iguana, yeah, you know, resort, um, but then you know, a few like a block away, we're at the beach, and we're all like on this simple in nature at the sunset, doing some Color, movements, colors that you don't normally even see in the yeah. sky, like yeah, all together in a all circle, t- right, tribe, <laughs> yeah. you know, and feeling like connected with everyone and yeah. there to help one another. Like to me, that is the most beautiful form of being human. Yeah, is feeling that constantly the simple things. the simple things because yeah, whenever nature. we try to make it harder than it is and people are like oh i'm so depressed i'm so this i'm so that and i'm like yeah because we have so many bells and alarms dinging off for things you got 
notifications here and you got your alarm clock and you got this on this month and due dates of that mm. your brain is constantly doing things that it's really not wired to designed, do yeah, to it's not do. designed to do but what we did it's designed to do that you jumped in the ocean after design like uh, just naturally right naturally we all get like, some of that sand off of us exfoliate the skin get out some toxins these are all natural things that our body is like yes we're here and then when it gets that level of homeostasis it really does feel like you people say i found myself there i'm like we well, just rediscovered who mm. you already were mm. but you've been trained to believe that you weren't for so long you had the open mic later that night yeah. and everybody yeah, singing and music, you know having a good time all around the world all around the world amazing musicians europe i mean everywhere people I think we have like 17 countries that come you know panama uruguay I, we have we have an, another workshop in la uh in a couple of weeks or whatever and we have people coming in from israel egypt mm. like it's mm. it's such a trip to me the internet it's uh i don't think we we really knew what we opened up on that one you know well, in a, in a good bad too. way it's yeah. just it's i don't think we really knew because if you look at these old videos from people talking about the internet once again people are like that's not gonna work mm. that's not gonna be anything and you're like whenever people can connect something can happen mm. so th to discredit it from that if people can connect something can happen that's how i look at everything if you have more people connecting more things will happen Neverland Retreat? Is Neverland Retreats, yeah. Retreats. Yeah. Do, is it .com? Oh, yeah. So NeverlandRetreats.com is the website for that. This year, we're taking a hold on doing any retreats because mm. it's building the property mm. out, getting all that stuff together, which is going to be a full project. You know, we're going to a third world country and trying to build a couple yeah. dollar of, yeah. of homes and studios. But you're doing some workshops here in L.A.? So I'm going to do one in workshop here in L.A. Um, I'll probably do two. Uh, and really, it's like these are private in-house studio things where like the people who are coming to these workshops don't normally just speak anywhere. Mm. It's these people who are like, I generally want to help others. Mm. And they're at a certain point in their career where I call it like just removing all red tape. Like what I realized as I got more in the business is that you might be really talented, mm. but you don't know how red tape works. So when you don't know how red tape works, you take it emotionally. Mm. So someone might go like, I've been playing for you know six years. My band is great. I gave this to an A&R never got back to me. I'm like, okay, well, do you know what happened on the A&R side? Well, he just never got back to me. No, no, no. Do you know all the red tape the A&R had? The A&R had to show that in a room full of other peers every Friday. And all his peers are looking at him to see if, this is, if he has a good ear or not. If he doesn't have a good ear, he can get fired after two years usually. Mm. So he brings the package in there. No one reacts. Mm. He really likes your band. The boss is like, don't bring that again. Mm. There's people you have to go through. And it might be that he thinks the A&R or she thinks that you're great. More red tape. So what I do is find people who don't have red tape, like the heads of companies or the senior vice presidents or, you know, the like we have this next one. We have a guy who does TV and film. He's made $11 million. Mm. He's figured out how to go past the red tape. Mm. And that's how you actually get deals closed. It's like one-to-one -one ratio is the quickest way for anything to pass along. So I always like to give people that experience of like, now you're in the room with someone who actually can change your career. Mm. No excuses anymore. And I think that's when you get to see who's really about it. Because I notice a lot of people, is they'll be on a search because they've uh, been trained to believe about everything's a, a journey for them. Everything's a hero. And they're going to be the hero of every journey, which is scary because not everyone is. And we all know people that passed away too young. We all know things that have happened. And like they, this hero thing is what we like to take on. Mm. And we internalize it. But the reality is that when you remove all the excuses and go, there's the person that can change your life. It's interesting how some people are like, well, they're not ready for it. Because they thought there was this journey that they had to do and all the ups and the, no, no, it's right there. Just come to the, come to the event. 
the A and R who who signs people, they're they're sitting right there. And it's funny how people change like that. Can be right in front of you, mm-hmm. right in front of you. Yeah. If you're not open to it, yeah. they're gonna walk right by you. I mean, that's why I love jujitsu so much. Like, someone go, you know, the arm bar is right there, and I'm like, oh, what? It's been right there the whole time. Yeah. They're like, ever since you started. Until you start thinking in that. It's been right there the whole yeah. time. Yeah. My my new one is uh, wrist locks. <laughs> Prison rules. <laughs> Just like, and I'll even tell people, I'm like, are you okay to wrist lock? They'll be like, yeah. I'm like, all right. And then once I grab their elbow and I start to to crank. And I'm like, this has been here the whole time. Every time you grab my gi, I can do something with that. Um, and I think the evolution of, of jujitsu, at least figuring out all these systems and concepts and yeah. traps and everything, you start to realize there's a lot of things that have been in front of you the whole time. And I think the same thing is with business. You know, um, If you can open your mind to that, you're like, oh, there's all these opportunities. So whenever, whenever someone tells me, like, I can't make money, I'm like, what? I was like, you live in America, right? I'm like, you know you have the best shot. I mean, if you, you have connections to the internet, right? You, you have internet, you have Wi-Fi, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, there's free tutorials on like everything, right? Like I learned how to play every instrument that I play from YouTube. I'm surprised YouTube does not have YouTube University yet. Because if they did, I think they would destroy the university market because they can get the best mentors yeah. and they can do an online service and no one has to leave their house, right? But that being said, I'll go, I'm, I'm confused on how come you're not making, have you read a book? No. <sighs> I, well, it's gonna be really hard. I gotta really get in there, understand why you're not doing things that seem, and I like to say common sense, but it might not be common for you. So that's always a tricky, you know, statement to say. Well, that's common sense. It's like, well, it has to be common. It's common sense in parts of LA to not wear, wear certain colors mm. to the people who live there. Mm-hmm. But if you're not from there and you walk in the hood and you're like, I'm wearing red, it might not work out to you. But everyone in that area knows that's common sense because yeah. that's common knowledge. Right. So it's, uh, yeah. You know, we talked about jujitsu and, and, you know, changing your mindset. And I feel like, I mean, for me, and I yeah. think, I mean, that's one of the things I'm super passionate about. Just you see that in people, it kind of oh, yeah. changes them forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the whole time. Whenever I bring a friend to jujitsu, you know when someone, like, gets it. You know when someone's like, ooh, this is like a whole nother thing that I didn't know about. And, and especially, like, when I brought some women to class mm. and they're like, I feel more confident. I'm getting in better shape. I realize now that like if a guy's just bigger than me, it doesn't mean he's mm. quicker, stronger, more technical, like all these things mm. that a lot of times we judge things based on the looks because that's how our brain works. We're like, that looks big. Like even the other day I rolled with a guy and I, I asked him before he rolled because uh, I think we were taking like the fundamentals course, mm. the fundamentals class, and they said, go grab one of the higher belts mm. that looks big and scary. This dude who was a mountain picked me. And I <laughs> laughed and I was like, why did you pick me? And he goes, I've seen you roll before. It's kind of scary. And I'm like, okay. This guy easily is 300 pounds, right? The guy who looks like Zangiev. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a little kid. <laughs> What's that? He's got the little kid in the kids' class. He looks like the mouth. Okay, okay. Right? <laughs> right? Super nice guy, right? So I think he said he was like 300 pounds. And we rolled, and um, great roll. He's a fun mm-hmm. guy. Tapped mm-hmm. him a bunch of times. And it was one of those things that, when we were rolling, I realized, oh, wait, he's really big. But when you use leverage, it's kind of like weightless. Even when someone's that mm-hmm. much bigger than you, you can figure these things out. And then once I knew that, I went. Technique. Yeah. I was like. Conquers all. Oh, that means pretty much anyone that size, you can understand. So when I see how women can act in a positive way, a change in them, my girlfriend concluded. Mm-hmm. Like, when she rolls with people, I'm like, you got to watch out for her. She'll get to your back quick. Yeah. And it gives me also a sense of um, more. I guess less anxiety if she goes out on her own. Like, let's say we're in a third world country because mm. we travel a lot. You know, she goes, I'm running to the store. 
I, I'm not going to be like, oh, I got it. She's, she, she's like, I'm going to go to the store real quick. Mm-hmm. She can handle herself, you yeah. know, obviously want to make sure that nothing bad happens, but just to have that little sense of self an yeah. identity. Somebody can grabs, she knows how to move, but even how to stay, how to react properly. Calmly too. Calmly, right? Yeah. It's some, you know, a 300 per pound person on top of you yeah. and you got to like keep your cool because if away. you panic, yeah, and get away. Get and away, t- yeah. And, and keep your composure. That's, like that's that right everything, there right? Is everything. That's everything, yeah. If, just even the fact of getting away where some people might fall on their back and just, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And now going, wait a second, frame, change angles, move, get up, run if you have to. Fine, we don't have to win this fight. No big deal. We're alive the next day. That whole mindset is not really ingrained in all fighting mm. styles because, like, I was a black belt by the time I was 12 years old. I was fighting all kinds of competitions. It all is just punch, kick, Kar- karate. Yeah, yeah taekwondo. Uh, taekwondo. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's really big in Jersey. I think it's because there was like a lot of like Tiger. What was it? It was like Tiger, tiger Shulman's. <laughs> and they, the advertising they the business, on that was they had like the business down. Oh, yeah. dude, it was just like heavy. So when you're a kid, you're seeing Bruce Lee, yeah, Chuck yeah. Norris, yeah. and uh, you know you're getting in that mindset. Like I'm gonna be in the front of Belt Black Belt magazine. Mm. Started when I was five. At 12 yeah. years old, I'm like, we're gonna do this thing, yeah. right? And it's a lot of it's ego, you yeah. know, and and seeing that, and then coming over to a place and doing jujitsu and learning like the gentle art and going, oh wait a second, we can actually not have to hit you to show you that I can hit harder. It's more of like technique and mental capacity mm-hmm. sometimes, you know? I think that is really, really empowering. Yeah. The Gracie family changed the game. Yeah. Changed the whole face of the martial arts. Completely. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And I think and also the the very small but fundamental element, it's so small but so huge, is like when he's saying like alavaca, you know, we're talking about like like leverage, right? Mm-hmm. I use leverage and teach my my clients leverage mm. in their whole entire business mm. on everything. Like, how that's do you get the maximum output with the little most efficiency? That's it. That's and it what, works that, on everything. The, the judo creator at the Brazilian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too, that's what it's about, right? Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense too. The it's like maximum efficiency, minimal effort. So some people, let's say, let's say artists, they're going hard. They're like, I'm playing, I'm putting out music, I'm trying to promote, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be my manager, my promoter, my A&R, my booking agent. Mm. They're trying to play all these roles. Mm. And I'm like, you might be working hard, but you're not technically working smart mm. right now. And so if you can figure out how to work smart, more efficiency, less work, you get a bigger outcome. Work hard to do that, right? Exactly. To like work smart. Work it's hard like to that work Pareto's smart. law, was it, 80-20 right. type thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you can really figure that out, that's and find that niche that makes you unique mm. and not try to copy him, her, and the other, but just find that thing, that's what's going to work. Because people buy things that they're connected to, not things that are copycats of copycats of copycats. Mm. You know, we, we talk about jiu-jitsu movement, you know, the attack fit stuff, but uh, um, do you think jiu-jitsu helps be, 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 like, be a better musician? Oh, yeah, it helps your diaphragm. It helps your ability to, like, even my singing has changed. Um, be Back in the day, like, I didn't really do, like, warm-up exercises and really work diaphragm control. Mm. But I can tell now, when you have a guy doing knee on belly on mm. you, you learn to breathe differently. <laughs> when you have someone sitting on you and mount that's, mm. you know, bigger than you, you're, okay, small breaths. I know how to play mm. with the air control better. Um, so I would say definitely Helps my- self-control. Self-control, definitely. But also, I think it's the part of the confidence level. Mm. Because as musicians, most artists come from an insecure place, and that's where they like to create based on um, connection. They're like, something happened to me. I want to- surpass it or yeah compensate or write a story about it so someone else can connect to it and feel it so that's already in us and then if we can create a way to do it in a that we feel like oh this is actually beneficial Mm. it's positive so if we can build confidence in anything that will help us going wait if i can go in that room and have all these 
bigger people roll on top of me, but I can beat them, then mm. maybe I can be confident in the vocal booth and maybe I can be confident in my business and maybe I can be more confident. Yeah. So I think that all just kind of trickles down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I had the, uh, like we have a monk, mm. a former monk. Mm. Uh, Here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Constantine. Constantine. I did a, pod, a podcast with him. He, does he do yoga too now? He, he's a yoga teacher, yeah. meditation teacher, ah. philosophy teacher. Oh, okay, this makes sense. I roll with Constantine all the time. Like, yeah, one of, my of course. Favorite guys like to roll. Of with. course, yeah. That makes sense now. See, and, and so then I connect with people without even knowing that. Right. Yeah. And so I talked to him a little bit. Uh -huh. He's like, "Yeah, when I was 12 years old, I traveled all around Russia." I'm like, yeah. "How did you travel around at 12 years old? All around Russia?" Yeah. And they would just hitchhike, and you know they would. Uh, I guess play some music and make some money, wow. some, some change, and they wow. would just split it, you know. Wow. And then I think when he was like 14, 15, he actually enlisted into a monastery because he saw some okay. giant man tiptoe and he thought that was re that's really interesting. I want to know more about this. Because he told me he started yoga at 14. That's, that's interesting. Th that's what they did. And then I was like, what's your mm. typical day look like now? Yeah. Uh, th a typical day at the monastery look like? He's like, yeah, we get up at 233, mm. we start meditating. You know, we shower. Usually, it's cold, even you know, and and then we meditate, and then we he does have a calmness about him. It really, he does. And you know, we, we uh, you know, he moved to L.A. Speaking okay. of going, going, going full circle with the going back to what we were talking about the stress and stuff, and so he moved to L.A. because he had, he had lived in Bali, he had lived in India for a lot of years, wow. and then he uh, you know met a you know met a woman, yeah, yeah. and she, you know, they moved to L.A. And life's different here, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of stress, like yeah. you have a car payment, you have houses. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it was like he was, you know, kind of he lost like his confidence in a way. Mm, mm. And then jujitsu gave it back to him. It's helping, yeah. has helped him tremendously. It's amazing. It's funny. It's all the same things that you're saying. It's, it it all is connected in all those things. Like it's kind of like when when someone has a pattern, negative or positive, in one thing. Yeah. It's gonna be the same thing. In everything else. So like if you can find that that thing, that peg, yeah. insert it or take it away, depending on what you're trying to do for yourself. It's going to affect all the other ways that it's been there before or not there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, amazing. You uh, you just produced a, uh, a song for the Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious the next yeah. movie, right? Yeah, well, we did the last movie. Okay. Um, so the song that I did is called Next Level. It's it got this. It's like the main one, right? Yeah. It's, yeah it's I, on that trailer, to, I saw. Yeah, <laughs> I was it's like, crazy. Hey. And they just they just did a thing where I got um my Bono Biz partner send me this list, and he's like, He's like, bro, you're on the, the, the top 10 list. You're number five. <laughs> and I was like, five for what? He's like, for best soundtrack songs of 2019. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like, you know? Uh, and for th for that, now we're writing for the next movie, which comes out in a couple months. Uh, so we have a couple of tracks that we're trying to work on and for, for the whole entire thing. But to be a part of a franchise like that is amazing. I mean, yeah. Because you don't realize what's happening until it's out. And then you're seeing numbers and you're going, what do you mean it hit over $700 million? Yeah. Like, it's one of the top grossing action films worldwide, of right? It's yeah, just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, and then you, you definitely see how. Um, okay, so for me, two years prior, I told everyone, I said, "Listen, there's there's a like a chink in the armor of the music industry, mm -hmm. and it's called TV and film, because TV and film is the only market where they pay you to promote you. Mm. Nothing else does that. And people were like, I want to pay a Spotify promotion company. Okay, you're paying." With TV and film, they give you money mm. and then promote you. It's the yeah, only I, thing. I, I love your mindset, you <laughs> know? I love your mindset because you're, you're, you're always calculating. You're always thinking like strategy, always. tactics. Oh, I love it. You know? that's, why, that's why I love talking to you like about tactics, like business things. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. I run I ideas love by you. Yeah, I, love and I know you do. It's, it, to me, it's 
it, that's the fun of it all. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, what do we have here? What, how can we make it to reach more people to you know, affect more positive lives? Like mm. what can we do? And sometimes it's just minor changes. Mm-hmm. So like the music industry, I thought, okay, TV and film is the only marketplace where you don't need to be signed by record label. Mm. Which means you don't need validation from mm. any A&R or something like that. Right. You get a song on a TV show. The director liked it. You didn't have to have someone else say it's good. Yep. That one person did. You have to have a whole board of people saying, okay, change this change. No, that's one person. So it's the only thing that you can put onto a premise that will promote you more than you can on your own. They will pay you handsomely. You'll get royalties. And if you can get enough of these things, those royalties add up each year. So you can stop making music and they'll still be coming in with, with and extra money for 20 years, you know, keep going this on. And if you're looking at the content, we have more video content than ever before in history. Mm. We have like a thousand channels on TV. We used to have 12. Right. We have a thousand now. There's not a thousand radio stations. So when people are like, I'm And I remember when, when I was a kid in Germany. Yeah. There was like two or three channels. Three channels. <laughs> right. Think about this. And it's not that long ago. One of them was like black and white. Right? And it's not that long ago. You said like when I was a child in Germany, but you're not 80 years old telling me a story. So we've changed that fast. And I'm going, okay, that TV and film works. Um, I see it working. So what I did was I told the people at my studio, I was like, I'm going to LA for a little bit. I'm going to work strictly in this, this, this register because I knew that most TV shows who want to purchase like a big artist, mm. they have to spend a lot of money. When you're doing a hundred shows like Netflix, mm. you're not spending the same budget you did. You're smoothing it out. So mm. this one might get a little bit cause we have Brad Pitt in that movie, mm. but this one might have a little bit less, mm. but it's across the board. Mm. Right. And as your revenue increases, you, put more into it. Mm. So I thought there's going to be more content in the next 10 years than ever before. Cause now we also have cell phones. If you go on a plane, everyone is glued to their phone and they're looking at the movies right. on their phone, but they still have to have music in every movie. Your TV show is going to have 20 songs. They all got to pay for them. It's all kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go do there. I'm going to put 50 songs into a catalog. I'm just going to record 50 songs. And then that's going to be like my nest egg to show that this works. And it did like, and it's been really lucky where now I've been featured even as a vocalist on a lot of things. Like it's amazing. So to see that in like two years to be like, okay, it's top five soundtrack. We, I mean, 20, 30 plus placements. And now we're seeing like all those things I was telling my team, they're going, Oh yeah. He said that two years ago. It's cool. Really cool. Yeah. I just saw Shonda is like, yeah, he's got picked up by fast and furious. And then then I'm like, like, yeah. And then I'm right. I'm like, right on. And then I'm like, Dude, that's like the main, <laughs> yeah. the main song for the Fast and <laughs> yeah. Furious. Yeah, yeah. No, it was weird. Like then, then what happened is from that BMW, BMW picked it up. Right. They did four commercials with yeah. it, and then there's a Korean girl group that picked it up, and they're doing a, a Korean version. Yeah. And you're like, okay, just keep following it. Trickle, like I said, trickle down. It's, you know, it's gonna do what it does. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. But there, there's a formula to these things, and and one thing I realized, and I went on this crazy mad hunt. There was a time in my life where if you walk into my house, like a place like this. Mm. I would give you a marker mm. and say, write what you feel, right? But try to keep it in a sentence. Mm-hmm. So people come into my house and all around my house would have all these writings, different markers like that. Mm. And it was my way of finding lyrics. It was like, oh, that's mm. how you feel? How can I put that in a song? Mm. Da, da, da. So when I started to research hit songs and realize the formulas behind them, because everything I believe is a formula. Mm. It's just a pattern that you have to figure out. And once mm. you figure out the pattern, you just repeat it mm. and you'll be fine there are patterns in music. And once I realized it's more mathematical than people know, I started to decipher it, wrote down a sheet. And now I have a master sheet that my personal clients have. And it's literally like, if you want to write a song that'll make you money, input these things. And I guarantee it will happen. As long as you have high production value, if you input these things into a song, 
you'll make money from that song because it's nothing to do with how I feel. It's everything to do on the reaction it creates for you, the listener, because that brings you value. Mm. So if I can create these certain moments that I know you love to hear, which is all scientifically, I can go through all these hit songs and be like, every time they did this, it worked. I can give it to someone else and they can make their own version of that. Mm -hmm. you know? And once I figured out that formula, it really kind of changed things. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I was gonna the so, so going back to the retreat like uh, you know James Bias he you know yeah, he, yeah. Did, he was on the show the Netflix show That's and right. I, he came into he came into the to the gym right when it was before it came out yeah and so you know they're flying him first class mm -hmm. and the crew to 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 New York oh, to yeah. be on you know the the MTV shows yeah. and and uh, you know he wasn't on one billboard he was like on all the on billboards a, I saw him so all around I saw him all around Times Square. <laughs> yep. And then they got the first, you know, the first uh, the uh, review, re not review with the what's that the the ratings, oh, I guess, ratings, right? Yeah, yeah. How many people watch it and yeah. stuff? And uh, like the, the numbers weren't what they were expecting. Yeah. I mean, I saw them on billboards all over Burbank. Of course, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then uh, you know, he, he basically got on the phone. He's like, "Well, what does that mean?" He's like, "Oh, you should probably go on unemployment," is what they told him. So you can claim unemployment. Yeah, and so he just yeah. he's like, "What?" You know, like they told me that lawyers and everybody had a management team. Yeah. He got signed by you know record yeah, label, yeah, 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 yeah. and they told them like we have there's money marching into your account as we speak. You don't have to worry about money anymore. And so he's like, after you know years and years, decades yeah, of his working life, hard of and working yeah, hard, yeah, he's, he's like, I made dude. it, I made he's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he is. And I mean, luckily he came in here, and yeah. we, we you know he got connected with all of us, and he you know people were freaking out, and he just stayed he stayed grounded. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to do something that you know that's gonna ground me, and he yeah. started doing tech fit. He got certified, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, jujitsu. And then he, he, they're like, you should go on unemployment after they told him that. And he looked up, and as they told him that, he sees his face on on, uh, on the billboard. <laughs> He's like, wow. You, you know, it's, it's crazy. Actually, dude, I have a very similar story. So that's like everything. So I, I've set James up with some sessions, and I'm trying to like work with him on some stuff for TV and film. And the reason I think that I connected with him so much is because I went through something very similar, was I was a TV show on ABC. Mm. We were on billboards, all that stuff. And they bring us into a room and they're like, what was the name of that show? It was called the one, the one, the one. And there's a music, it was uh, a music. It was the same thing. It was like West side, literally the, uh -huh. the same thing minus the high end cameras. It was ABC 12 years ago. Kind of cameras. The, the one was called. called. Yeah. So they put us on the show and that's also the first time I learned about mentors because we had amazing mentors. We had like Cara Diaguati, who was like one of the biggest songwriting mm. songwriters in the world. And, um, Andre Harrell, who, who was, was Puff Daddy's mentor. So mm. we had like, Mark Hudson, who produced Aerosmith, like all these amazing yeah, people yeah, that we yeah. got to learn from. And it was the first time I've ever actually been in person with people at that level who are like really coming in to help you strategically figure everything out. So we all lived in a house and the same kind of thing. It was like dramas like that. But for me, I knew I wasn't that talented at that point. Like I knew that at least for myself, I was mm. like, I have work to do. Like I've only been really working hard at music for five years. Mm. And I was just told I was tone deaf. So to me, these are beginning stages. So I'll just take anything right now. Anything that'll give me experience, yeah, I'll take right now. It's gonna but, be a sponge. Yeah, it's gonna be a sponge, right? But other people went on that show, and it was like make it or break it time. It was I've been doing this since I'm ten years old. You know, I have my my parents had me in modeling and acting and everything in the world, and this is the, well, I'm gonna become famous. So, uh, or I went to Berkeley. I spent mm. you know Berkeley's like a quarter of a million dollars, yeah. something like that, like. I didn't have that, you know. I left college after third year. I was like, my mom can't afford this stuff. I'm, this is not really bringing me value, so I'm going to go on my own. So I'm watching this. They have us on the commercials. They have us on the billboards. And 
I took us into a room and they go, I just want everyone to know we just got the, the ratings and uh, we're going to have to cancel the show. And while they said that, the lights went off. Poof. Like they were so quick to make sure that nothing went off. Like they weren't spending any extra energy for electricity or nothing. The lights went off. Like they said that on the show. No, no, no. Took this is off the show. The, off show, the, show. the show aired like the, it was like they did the final edit from the last night. The next day, they're like, "Hey, you just want to talk about the ratings, right? It's not going to work out." Lights literally they shutting, just shut you down, shutting that off second. while they were telling us, right? But here's what's funny. So the whole time I'm, I'm thinking, "Awesome!" Like in my mind, this is great. I still have room to work anyway. Mm. You know, great experience. Yeah. Some people are crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then they said, um, "But we're going to give you all like a thirty thousand dollar check." And I was like, "Perfect." Best day of my life, <laughs> you know. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking the pot. You know, I'm taking all the positives. I'm looking out. at all positives. Yeah. Right? I get into the plane home. I'm on the plane. The woman next to me, she's she sits down, right, and she looks at me and she's like, "Are you Adam from the TV show The One or whatever?" I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "I just voted for you last night." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool. Yeah, the show ended." And she's like, "What?" And she was like having this whole moment. Yeah, she's yeah, like yeah, really yeah. into it, and I'm just thinking. Like, wow, this is interesting. Yeah, you're right. Because people's perception of something, mm -hmm. only because it's behind a screen and because there's a lot of promotion behind it, they think that's working or that's big or that's something. And for all of us musicians, it was like, that was a job that it will work out well or might not. Right. You know? um, and it's funny how you just say, look at perspectives. perspectives. I've talked to people later on about that one and they're like, yeah, man, that, I mean, that was a time of my life. And I'm thinking... Oh, that was just the beginning of mine. You know, it's just mm. the perspective of how you saw that moment. Mm. And I think that happens to people in college. are like, college is the time of my life. I'm like, eh, it was just a good time for that I mean, time. Even your childhood, right? You have traumatic childhood. It's yeah, all your perception it's of perception things. perception of it. Yeah, it's all your perspective. And like, I think that is, like, when I say, like, you only have, really have two things you can control. It's your thoughts and your actions. You can choose to think of the other side mm. when you let go of how you feel about something. You can go, okay, I'm going to remove how I feel about this. Let me just look at all perspectives. And you tend to will notice that you can find a perspective that you can find and not a silver lining. It's actually the perspective. See, that's also since people are like, well, I'm not looking for silver lining. Mm. It's not one. It's a true perspective. It's mm. just not through your lens right now. Mm. Speaking of perspective, what advice would you give a uh, younger Adam? <laughs> uh, I give that advice to younger Adam every day when I'm on consultation with people. I'm like, that's why I do consultation. It's also, I'm like talking to my younger self. Um, so younger musician, Adam would say that's your second chance, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, that's why I look at it. It's a second chance. Um, understand how finances work because we're just not taught. Mm. Like when you're coming out of high school and college, yeah. you know, they're telling us interest rates and APR, but we don't know what that means. And it's simple math, but we're also as musicians told, you don't know math. Like musicians have this ongoing dialogue and narrative. That's like, um, we're struggling, mm. struggling musicians. And when I remove that thought, mm. I've never struggled. Like mm. my first three to five years, maybe yeah. after that, it's been yeah. cruise control because I've realized that so many people weren't understanding how finances work mm. and not understanding work ethic and all these other things. So my younger self, I would tell study books on finance. So that way you're never in a need because mm. whenever people are needy, right. that's when they go make the bad decisions. That's, yeah. that's all of them. When someone's like, Oh, I signed that contract. Why'd you sign the contract? Need well, I needed money. money. Oh, I went on a date with that guy. Why'd you do it? Well, I needed the opportunity to get onto that that movie. Why did you do that with him or her? Like all these things, people. Yeah. Are, a lot of times, it's need of a situation, mm. all because they didn't have money. Mm. If they had a hundred thousand dollars in the pocket, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, they wouldn't even think about it. So first, at least in this world, because you know, like in the society we live in, you have to 
make a living mm-hmm. to live. Super weird because all our ancestors didn't. Yeah. We have to make yeah. a living to live. Yeah. But knowing how money works. So that would be the one thing I would say is really understand that because my dad only had like five bucks in his pocket and that was a good day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize the power of money mm-hmm. until I had business partners and I was really lucky that one of business partners is still to this day the best business person I've ever met. And he really schooled into me right when I was like 25, 26. Yeah. And like, so I now, his son actually works with me a lot now. So I was able to pass it along and Mm. his son's a music producer now. Actually, he's working with us today. Mm. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So it's like, we got to build like a family that's Mm. taught me so much. I get to give back. Um, But I would, I would learn business. I would have understood or wish I would have told myself to understand more about how communication is, how important it is and like Mm. language. Mm. Because a lot of times people are saying the same thing, but through different filters. Mm. And so that's where a lot of mis- arguments come. Mm. It's like what you're saying is 100% right. And what they're saying is 100% right through their eyes. Y'all aren't seeing it together. Mm. And so it's like when, um, when people go to th- like Costa Rica and they don't learn Spanish. And I go, why don't you just take like a basic? Mm. Like, and they're like not thinking about communication because mm. they want to be a pamper to. And I think when you really take the time to learn communication... You figure out some of those things in the middle would never have been there if you just would have saw perspective. So that's that's another thing I would have seen. Um, I would tell myself not to be too easily um, uh, following trends. I think now as an adult, I realize that trends are trends sometimes for a reason. It's because they spark instant gratification. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. So like when I see a trend going, like look at it and but then step back and kind of look at why it is, because I tend to notice when a trend takes off it gets sometimes outside of a control, like where something's a trend and all of a sudden it's like everyone's doing it. Well, when you do something that everyone's doing, you have no more value as an individual. Like you just gave a, you literally just gave away your individuality mm-hmm. to be a part of something mm-hmm. that might not last. And I see a lot of people doing that, you know, like living you somebody the, else's life. You go on the internet, man. Mm-hmm. And like, you'll see people who all look related. They all look the same. Yeah. And it's a trend. It's a trend to draw this on. It's a trend to do the Photoshop. It's a trend but now everyone looks the same. Mm. So you just lost your individuality. Mm. So I think, and I wasn't ever a trendy person, but knowing what trends are as a kid, like really knowing it, how the brain works with them all and like how it forges like these, uh, it's, it's actually like released into our, in our, in our thought process of like copy that cause mm. it's best for survival. Mm. So it's like, you know, you go online, I'm not trying to knock any women out there, but I'll say you go online you can literally find a million women right now who look like Kim Kardashian. And they look like that because the trend is to mm. copy someone mm. who has a lot of screens around them. And that's yeah. all we're seeing. And our mirror neurons are picking it up. But then you lose your true beauty. And so, like, I don't really know what your eyebrows look like. Yeah. I don't really know what your smile looks like. I don't know what your real lips look like. I don't really know who you are. That's crazy, huh? You know, so because of a trend had caught it all up. Mm. And then you got lost in it. And now your identity is part more for the trend mm. than it is you defining out who, who, you, who you are. are. Yeah. So I think things like that. Which I is wish the true gift. and Which is the best what it's gift. it's all about. Yeah. It's the best gift. There's only one you. Is to say like that person, there's something about them. Mm. You know, like there's people like you, like something about you. I want to spend time with you. I want to learn from you. Right. There's something about John. Like there's certain things people like something about that person. Mm. They're, they're a good person. They're, mm. they're good. They're good seeds. Right. And there's some people you like, you can, they can be beautiful and you look right past them. It's because they're all fitting in this trend, mm. hoping that the trend will have the outcome the same as the first person. That's not how any trend works when it comes to stuff like that, you know? So, um, you know, like not knocking on CrossFit or anything, but like you're doing the same thing that you can do in your backyard. 
for the most part. Mm-hmm. If you're like, jump on this thing, I can put I, tire, I can get a tire in my backyard. You know, it's like these things that people are like rushed to. And mm-hmm. I go, it's why? Yeah, why? You know, the why. And let me just take a step back before I jump into it and just say, it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. You know, so more, more of that. But um, yeah. And then lastly, I would train myself earlier in micro expressions and body language. Cause now I'm like master level at it. You know, now I've been doing it for like 15 years. Mm. Like I would combat anyone who's an FBI right now and be like, sit down next to me. Let's look at some stuff. And I wouldn't doubt that I'd be right more than they are. Like it's at that level when it comes to micro expressions. But I wish I would know that, that book. Earlier. Never split the difference. Have you, ever, have you ever read that book? Never split the difference. It's a negotiation. Is that Chris Voss? <sighs> Man, I don't remember the name. Okay. Okay. It's okay. a negotiation book. Yeah. yeah. He was an FBI agent. Yeah. Negotiator. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, he has that one. Um, there is, so people say the word sixth sense. We have a sixth sense. It is understanding how to read body language and micro expressions because our verbal commands are, I mean, you have, you're filtering it. Before we speak, our brains are going, what language? Mm-hmm. How should we say this? What's mm-hmm. our intention? You know, are you going to use your, from your New York accent? Is it going to use the fact that you used to live in Texas for a while? Mm-hmm. Like it's doing all those things without us telling it to. Right. It's just, subconsciously subconsciously bring it up and then pulling words is this word the right word for this environment because we're also on a camera like it's doing all those things because i've been on live tv and i've cursed before and i know what that fine is like <laughs> it was like twenty thousand wow. dollars one time when I, I was on a tv show and <laughs> it was a live show and so i realized like you're constantly filtering right mm. when you understand what these filters are doing when someone is asked a question Let's just say I will look at shows that when someone's like, we caught, we're going to interview, you know, a serial killer and they're in jail all their life. Mm. And I'm looking at this show going, no, no, no. Those two are guilty. That dude, innocent. He's innocent. I'm in tears. Like I'm with my girlfriend, like this is really messed up. Mm. And every time this guy's trying to talk, they're all telling him to shut up and they're bringing up information that doesn't even correlate. This Mm. is getting scary. Mm. And especially when you know how like the system works, you're like, there's all kinds of things that are done behind the scenes. Especially when you learn how TV works, it's all smoke and mirrors. Mm. So when you really know micro expressions at a high, high level, you see things that people have no clue what's going on. Like I can just walk into a room and tell you, okay, that's what's going on here. See why? See how his foot's facing? He wants to get out of the conversation because the foot is the one thing that can't lie. So you're not trained to lie on your feet. Mm-hmm. So if you want to leave a conversation, you're going to turn one towards the door because you're trying to exit. If you have two for someone, they're interested. If a girl walks by and he does that, he's interested towards that girl because he's trying to frame his body language and see his face. These are things going on that even he doesn't know he's doing and the person he's talking to doesn't know he's doing, but I can see it, mm-hmm. right? So I think if people understood micro expressions, uh, like all the time with my clients, I'm like, um, ask someone a question that you know is going to shoot adrenaline in their body. Cause then you see where the micro expression affects them. Right. So, and so you saw micro, like body language you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, even, even deeper than that. So like body language would be as simple as like how we're sitting now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bi- relaxed. Micro expressions would be, if I say something that triggers something, mm-hmm. you'll get a twitch and you won't even feel it mm-hmm. like at all. It'll be like a part of your lip. You've done it a couple of times already. Like there's certain things that we talk about mm-hmm. and you'll get a twitch. Your eyes just twitch right there. Whenever you get information, you'll blink. Mm-hmm. Your blink rate will go up when certain adrenaline starts to fuse through your body. Right. So when you know all these things and you ask someone a question, you know the answer mm. before they even say something. Like I'll go, so uh, for instance, my clients, I'll say, ask someone something that you know it's going to be emotionally triggered, right? So they're like, what should I ask? I'm like, ask how much money they have in the bank account. For some reason, people are very emotional about mm. that because it's all about your identity. 
And they're like, and I was like, but after you ask it, then stop and say, no, I don't care. Just look at their face change. Mm. And so they'll be like, how much money do you bank out? Someone's like, eh. <laughs> like you'll see like a Twitch or you see like an eye blank or you see something, right? Mm. And I'm like, okay, now you understand like your expressions. that these are all firing off. And based on where you store information, I know if you're creating a story, I know if you're remembering a story. So if you say to someone like boyfriend or girlfriend, where were you last night? Like, where were you? If the person goes, uh, and looks to the right, they're creating something. Mm. Person goes to the left, they're remembering something. They don't have to say anything. If they go, uh, stop right there. Said it all. Just stop right there. Yeah. You don't need to say anything because everything you're going to say right now is only going to follow up something that's going to dig you deeper into a ditch. Mm. And I'm going to resent you because now I know I can't trust you. And that's how communications get broke down and relationships get broke down because people are taught, they're trained to lie. So basically here's this, your body does not know what lying is Mm. at all. We as a society created lying. Mm. We're like, okay, we're going to tell stories that people are going to follow. And then we're going to tell them their whole entire childhood. And then when they get older, we'll tell them it's, it's a lie. But we'll just go, Santa Claus, you know, let's just say something. Santa Claus and Tooth Fairy and all this stuff. I remember when I saw um, the first time when I uh, realized Santa Claus was not real. And it was because my dad saw, he must have found a guy in the city that was selling bikes. Mm. And he was dressed up as Santa Claus, this, this guy. And it was like 11 p.m. or something. And I guess my dad thought it was a good idea to buy the bike. Because mm. I guess he was like, Adam probably needs a bike at this time. So I think I was like five years old and I get up, I, I'm like closing my eyes, I'm walking down the hallway in my the apartment and I see Santa Claus. And I'm like, you know, like a kid, like Santa, mm-hmm. right? And this guy's like, <clears throat> and he like puts his beard back on. Mm. I remember that, <clears throat> right? And he's like, oh, 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 come here, kid. And I, like, I walk up to him and now I'm a little bit like skeptical because mm. I'm like, that beard didn't look like it was mm-hmm. stuck the way it's one, supposed yeah. to, right? And he gives me a hug and he's just reeks of rum. Like, I'll never forget that smell because I still, when I smell it, I'm like, that's Santa. You know, that's, 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 <laughs> what, that's what I connected to, right? So I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm hugging this weird old man now with alcohol on him, mm. right? He smells like cigarettes and stuff. And he gives me a bike. bike. Oh, 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 here's the bike, right? After that happened, I immediately remember walking back to my room and like, I'm walking down that long corridor. And my parents are like talking to him. They're like exchanging money. And I remember mm. looking back and being like, I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> like, like in my mind going, I don't know if I can trust you two. You two just looked at me and said, oh yeah, it's Santa. You both face lied to me. Mm. But even crazier, I was able to pick up the micro expressions and all these mm. other things that were happening. So when I started to realize that we've created a lot of things that just are not real, mm. but we force it upon people mm. to comply with these things. And then we get in relationships and we don't want people to lie to us. Mm. But we teach people how to become master liars. We're like, in business, everything's fair. Mm. You know, we have these like categories, like it's fair to do things, it's fair to be shady here, it's fair to do lie there, it's fair, right? So we teach people how to become really amazing liars. And unfortunately, they lie themselves all day long. Mm. They'll be like, um, you know, looking in the mirror, lying to themselves. That's the scary part. Is they, they'll do mantras that just lie to themselves mm. over and over again, just lying, lying, lying. In bed lies into themselves, mm. go out in the normal public, and then you ask them a question and they don't know how to answer it because they've been lying to themselves for so long, right? Like, for instance, it is crazy to text and drive. That's a crazy thing, right? You're in a moment where you're driving a ton vehicle at 70 miles an hour and you're looking down to make sure someone says, I'll be there at eight o'clock. Mm. You take your eyes off the road with crazy people all around you. Mm. We're in LA, people are smoking weed, people are on antidepressants, people are on coke. They're just fume, And you're like, oh, I gotta find out the person's gonna be there at eight o'clock. I can't wait, right? And if you ask someone, if you tell them, like, hey, don't you just want to do that? They're like, no, trust me, I'm really good at, they'll lie to themselves. Or someone will go, yeah, I'm totally going to lose weight, totally going to lose weight. Cool. Are you eating less? No, not yet. 
but you know, I started to think lighter and I'm starting to feel lighter. Mm. What are you talking about? You're not going to lose weight unless you work out and eat less food. Like people justifying, justifying. Yeah. E even like a TV show, someone will Excuses. say, I want to build a business. Cool. How much time do you spend watching TV shows and YouTube and Instagram a day? You spend three hours a day doing that. Mm. Multiply that by a week. That's 21 hours. Multiply that by a month. You're talking about what? 82 hours, 84 hours, something mm. like that. 84 hours. You know, if you put 84 hours into your business, so like whenever you say something to someone, they have lied to themselves so mm. much that they don't realize what's going on. So here's the beauty of micro expressions. Because your body has no other animals other than I think there's a green monkey that knows how to lie and it just does calls to throw off the other monkeys so they can steal food from them. It's one of those things that when you ask someone a question, because your body doesn't know it, mm. it fires off because it's afraid of being caught at mm. all times. It's why people are like, if you say, um, People are afraid of being the one who's in trouble because mm. when we were kids, we got in trouble. Mm. The energy was on you. It was mm -hmm. like, did you do this? Did you take the cookie jar? And someone's like, mm -mm. why not just say, yeah, I took it. So you're saying like uh, uh, you would have studied more uh, oh, to a younger yeah. Adam, oh, these yeah. micro expressions. Yeah. I would have, I would have, uh, realized at a very young how age, important it is. how important it is. Cause it is so much a part of my life that, it's kind of like someone will go like, it likes like a, let's say a, a blue belt in jujitsu. You're like, yeah, things are good. But when you get to be like a five, five fifth degree black belt, you mm. know so much. Mm. Like it's a whole different world. Mm. It's kind of like that. People are like, yeah, I kind of know about bilingual. I'm like, no, no, mm. no, no, no. You don't understand. You can walk into a room and know what everyone is doing and mm. thinking. Like you don't have to be talking to them. I mm. can know what that person is. If I say something to this person and that person reacts, I can see it. They're scratching their, their nose. They're scratching their leg. They're feeling uncomfortable. I already know now to turn to them. Like it's a whole nother thing with business too. Mm. Cause you'll work with people in the business. And especially I tell people like there's when you're in a business like music, mm. which is based off people's dreams mm. and find a lot of shady people because any business that's ego focused, it's easy to dupe anyone mm. cause their ego is going to keep them blind. Mm. So like acting, modeling and music are like the three biggest ego based businesses, right? Where you technically don't have to have a degree. Mm. You just say you are something mm. the next day. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Like, I just go, I'm a manager. Did you go to school for that? No. You take a course for that? No. You have a degree for that? No. What makes you a manager? I just said it. There's no other job that you can do that. Like, I'm a doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't do that. But music, I'm a producer. I'm a, uh, I am own a company. Mm -hmm. Someone the other day told me I want to start a record label. This is a regular guy. How can you help me? Do you have any investment? No. Do you have any artists? No. I just want to start a record label. Cool. Now you're a record label. So we live in, a, in this thing that we can just create yeah. what we want. And unfortunately with musicians, we kind of like, uh, fall into that trap. So when there's all these people who literally make a living sending emails to artists that say, um, we're Atlantic records. We loved your demo. And it, it will say like, for instance, it'll go, hi, Alberto Crane, Instagram. We heard your music. And mm -hmm. you're like, no, I just took my Instagram page. Right. And they'll say in order for you to come to our record label signing, uh, you have to pay $800. Mm -hmm. And then when you get here, we pay you back. It's kind of like that Nigerian scam right, that they had right, for right. years. And artists do it, mm. right? Because their dream mm. is bigger than their reality. Mm -hmm. And they haven't done enough studying or knowledge base to go. That doesn't make sense. So they get taken advantage of. With microexpressions, you can you can see it. What kind of resources or things that you, would you recommend to study? <laughs> it's going to be the most hilarious. <laughs> like when I tell you this answer, you're going to be like 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day Fiance is the show... Okay, if someone wants to become good at micro expressions, watch Shark Tank and watch Nine Day Fiance. Because 
when people are Not 90 day fiance is a it's, a, it's a reality show about people reality getting show. married to someone from another country so okay. they get the k1 visa oh. and so they're under a lot of pressure oh, right okay. so you put someone in a pressured state and they're asked questions so like the, the producers will have them and they'll say you know so isn't it amazing that you just fell in love you know just blah blah, blah. like you guys think you'll be together forever and someone will go oh yeah and then like their lip does this or like their eyes triple blink or like mm. they fidget and scratch which is a telltale sign whenever adrenaline goes through your body mm. it goes to your jugulars so like wherever that area is people mm. will say oh yeah i'll be there later mm. it's like are you sure you're gonna be there and i'll go yeah i told you i'll be there later and you're like because you, you seem like you're not <laughs> yeah. sure and if you're not sure just tell me you're not sure yeah. totally fine with it and then i'll know how to react to that and i think if people were just like more honest they wouldn't go through all these things mm -hmm. but it's because like I said, we've been trained to do this. Mm. So 90 Day Fiance, you will literally see so much about relationships, mm. communication, and micro-expressions, especially because people don't always know each other's language. Mm. So because of that, there's like this, you know, where I'm from, you're supposed to do this as a man. Mm. Like if you still give a dowry in some places where you're, yeah. you're paying the parents, mm -hmm. like, you know, to have the, the wife. So like there's certain things that we're not used to. So when people get hit with this, their facial expressions, they really go deep. So yeah, if you ever want to learn about micro-expressions, study 90, 90 Day Fiance and just rewind it. Is it on it. Netflix or is it It's at? on like, um, I think it's on TLC. TLC and just rewind okay. it. Like whenever, oh, you see a, it whenever you see a question, and here's how you'll know, right? From now on, whenever you watch it, someone ask a question, whatever they do in the next mm. three seconds, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, that space mm. is where they give you all the answers. All of them. That's why that first, impression, that first impression is so important oh to yeah. you first meet people. Because you're picking up on it all, right? So people will say, I don't have a good feeling about them. I have a bad feeling about them, right? A lot of times they don't realize it's already in them, mm. right? So when you ask some people a question, if they get kind of nervous, they're going to swallow. Mm. And if you're looking at that, like I'm, when I look at someone, most of the time, because they can't see what I can see, my brain is not, my eyes are not focused where they think they are. Like I'm more like centralized. I'm kind of like looking towards your nose and I'm seeing everything that flies off, like a swallow, a blink, a, a nostril flare, like mm. everything is happening because I've learned to, to see the overall map of the face rather than just like look at someone's eye or something like that, you know? And when you can develop it, you realize that it tells you so much more about the person and then also you actually get to know who they really are. Mm. Like, I think that's so deep because like I'll talk to someone for five minutes and then all of a sudden they'll tell me everything about their life, right? Mm. Everything. Things I should not know. <laughs> like, things you don't want to even talk again, but they'll tell it to me. And the reason why is because I'm the first person in a while who really listened. First person who read what they were really saying. And I went, I know you said that you wanted to break up with him, but you're telling me with everything else that you don't. And they'll go like, they take a big breath. <gasps> well, what really, and they sit on the couch and then all of a sudden it's this whole thing and they're going, Oh, you know, most people don't even ask me. I'm like, because most people aren't really listening mm. with everything right. that we have the ability to listen. Right. With. Right. So that's good. Good stuff. Thanks. How can people find you? Oh, um, right now, Instagram, uh, Music Industry Contact. Music the, Industry. Yeah, it's Contact. It's, it's Instagram uh, backslash Music Industry. That's contact. Your, your Instagram, the one that has like you have. Yeah, like it's where I give out all the videos. information. It's where I, you know, I hold contests. Yeah, great for stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, I put up. $1,500 for a contest someone has like a great song you know mm. we we pitch directly to movies and stuff like mm. that and help really good artists trying to mm. get out there and build like a community um, and right now it's kind of like I started this whole journey with music mm. but uh, who knows in like the next 10-20 years I, you know I plan on taking this concept of how humans work mm. you know more into a more deep place and mm. be able to focus my time towards that you know and that's the goal humanistics awesome. right humanistics humanistics that's what I'm calling I it I like right that now. yeah yeah Nice.
Yeah, well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, your, you. your heart and your, your authenticity. Thank you. Trying to help people. And I really enjoyed my conversations conversa- conversations with you. Yeah, you too. When I talked to you about just, you know, the brain and mm-hmm. just all these things. So thank you for, you know, my all pleasure. the work that you do. And I loved your retreat, even, uh, even though it was just a couple of days in Costa well, Rica. Time. Yeah, and I look forward to hopefully contributing somehow in the future. Amazing. Well, I will say thank you guys for having me on here. Because, like... Uh, to be able to share, I think, some different perspectives with people is just a great ability. And I love the fact that you're doing this also to build awareness for different things all across the board. And I, I think that's, uh, like I said, we're in the future now. So the ability to even Human do potential, that. potential, right? Yeah. It's Tell just, people it's, reach their potential. That's what it's about for me. That's what I mean. That's amazing. Think about some, someone in another country right what now. Was the, was the term you said? Human. Humanistics. Humanistics. Yeah. I like that. It's like someone in another country right now who you've never met might watch something like this and then have a moment where yeah. their lifetime it pivots and then in 20 years they might see you and go you changed my life mm-hmm. that to me is a very powerful tool um and so that's glad to meet other people who are doing it for good mm-hmm. and not just for i want to make money and get attention and all that yeah. stuff which is that to me it's gonna, that's what's going to trend yeah that will fly by thank you man thank, thank you man <laughs> all right brother cool into the studio there. <laughs>